0: Um, Amen. Amen. Why did not you grab your seat
1: and welcome to the Father's house. Welcome to the Lord's house, by the way. This is, um, it's about kingdom. It's good to be in the presence of God. eh? And when the Lord comes and he meets with us, we don't know what's going to happen, Quentin. So... So before, <laughs> before I jump ahead and talk about our guest this morning, I just want to officially welcome you. If you're new here this morning, if this is your first time, would you just um, be kind enough to show us your hand? We, we'd love to give you something. Thank you for coming. Welcome. If we can just make sure. I don't know if you received the welcome card or packet. Do we have some? There we go. I saw, was there another hand here? There we go. Welcome. It's good to have you guys here. Right at the back there, you can... Um, we'll make sure we'll get your card. Thank you, iid There we go. So we want to welcome you. There's a hand on this side. It's good to have you here. There's another hand here. <laughs> welcome. So we'll just make sure you get a card. If you have a look at that card, the, uh, there's just a couple of things on there. You are free to sign to sign in. <laughs> You're free to fill it in, or if you don't want to, that's okay. But I want to encourage you, if you have any prayer requests, please put it on there. We will definitely pray for you. Um, And if you want us to contact you for any prayer, please let us know. We will definitely call you. But um, you are welcome to the Father's house. Please, feel at home. So we call this our lounge. You know, this is the lounge. This is where the family meets. And um, a couple of things that we do every Sunday We have birthdays, and I don't know what it is, but there's so many birthdays in September, October, November, December. What did you learn nine months earlier? (laughs) What were your parents doing? (laughs) Happy birthday to all. This is um, on the 5th. We have Megan, Africa. We've got on the 6th, Remy, Muller. Um, On the 8th, we've got Jerry van Weyck, 9th, Noah, Hendricks, Addison, Africa, on the 10th, we've got Julia Adams um, and Kristaline Mushwana. So we want to say to you a happy birthday. Um, if, if I still had a voice, I would sing to you, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so may well, you have an awesome, awesome birthday this week. And feel free to bring us cake next week. Um, Didi will gather the cakes <laughs> for us. <laughs> so some, some of the regular meetings we have this week, we've got classics happening. Um, and on the 10th of November, Bernie... I see you've got a hat on, but this is called the Mad Hatter's Party. (laughs) Okay, It's not that hat, eh? So I've attended one of the Mad Hatter's Parties, by the way, and um, it is mad. That's all I can say. They make things from everything. Um, So feel free to contact Bernie if you want to be part of the Classics. The Classics is one of our um, ministries that we have for those that are in the more mature age groups, you know. Wisdom. Yes, maturity equals wisdom there. There you go. So if you haven't heard of or joined the Classics, they meet um, every second Friday, Bernie. Um, you, first Friday of the month, um, you can speak to Bernie. And um, I've got one thing quickly to share on that. We have a, a surprise party coming up for the Classics. So I'm giving it away. Eh? Um, LAUGHTER <laughs> Surprise! Here we go. <laughs> We've got a Christmas party we're planning. Now, now, it's not only for those that have attended, okay? But um, it's fully free, so don't panic it, Andrew. That's our finance director. Don't panic. We've got a plan, okay? Um, but if you're if you over 60 and you'd love to come and just fellowship, enjoy a meal, meet some people, that you might not have met before, and just enjoy you know, uh, talking to them and eating. We've got an awesome catering uh, ministry uh, headed up by Bernie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so um, you feel free to speak to Bernie. We are gathering um, numbers for that. And um, yeah, thank you, Bernie. You, we'll share some more about the date, but it's coming up early December. Um, hospitality. Sorry, hospital ministry. (laughs) Never let the pastor do announcements. It doesn't work. So I don't know why they put my name down. Um, AD. So AD heads up um, our hospital ministry. And uh, yeah, you want to wave to everybody there. If um, if you want to join them, on Thursday, the 16th, and the 23rd of November at 7 p.m., that's on Thursday. It's the 23rd or so a Thursday, I think. um, They go off to the hospital and they minister to people, they pray for them. We've heard many testimonies, awesome testimonies, people getting healed, but also just people, salvation. That's what we're about, eh? Take the gospel to the people. And so um, join them, speak to A.D. after the church. And then we have baptism. You should go, woo okay. <laughs> I know winter is cold, man, in, in, uh, in Cape Town. I don't know, Durban seems a lot warmer, eh? So we've got baptism, guys, on the 19th of November. Now, if you haven't been baptized, then please come and speak to Diddy. Sign up. It's at the feeder pool. (laughs) Okay. It's at my pool, okay. Um, I'll make sure that it's heated. No. We're gonna, we're gonna dunk you into some cold water there. Refresh you in the heat. Here we go. Um, so that's on the 19th of November. Have a chat to Diddy and we'll put you down for that. Uh, straight after the service, that is, and then our connect nights. Now I'm excited. I don't know how many of you have been coming. Yeah. Just one, <laughs> but uh, it's been it's been really good. Now, church, the reason we started connect nights is because we want everybody in community. That's the ga- that's the, the 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 goal, you know. So on a Wednesday night, you don't have anything else to do or anywhere else to go. Rugby's over, okay. It's no more games. You can come here. And I'll tell you, it's amazing. We've got a little teaching. We do some worship. And then we have these groups all over here in this building. And, you know, it's just a moment where you can pray for somebody, receive prayer, talk to someone, share, you know, things that are on your heart. And I've heard a lot of good testimonies of just people being able to share. It's amazing what happens when you share. And then they end up ministering to you, praying for you. So join us on a Wednesday evening. He, it starts at 7, right? Shop. And if you want to know more, have a chat to Didi. as well about that. Um, we've got an app. Thank you, Bertram. <laughs> so we've got a Father's Us app. The app, um, we're busy launching the, the, the app properly. The app is available to be downloaded on your f- cell phone. Um, if you're not sure... Come and have a chat with Marlon or or Bertram at the back there, how to get that app. The reason why the app is important, because, you know, if you want to know what's happening in the church, if you just want to know, maybe you forgot the time or you forgot some event, you can literally go to the app. Everything is on the app. In fact, all our registrations for any events are also on the app. And so it's made life a lot easier for the the office and staff. And um, I want to encourage you, it doesn't take long to download it. Um, we'll do it for you, in fact, uh, at Marlon. So speak to Marlon after the service. Um, there is also a QR code um, somewhere, or we'll get it to you. And then Youth on Friday at 7 p.m., ladies' meetings every Wednesday, Veronica and the and the team there. And then we got Healing Streams. Um, Healing Streams is headed up by Stephanie. Hello, Stephanie. Just wave at us there. There we go. It's a, it's a low way, but okay. <laughs> but if you, if you want someone just to minister to you, um, into your spirit, into your soul, the Healing Streams is the place to go. So you can have a chat with Stephanie um, or you can phone the office. And then Moms Connect. The last Saturday of the month from 2.30 to 4.30, we have Moms Connect. And any more details, contact the office. or have a chat with my wife, Chauvet at the back. Um, lastly, or oh, second lastly... Um, counseling and marriage counseling. Um, If you need someone just to talk to or some people, we have Jose and Cheryl. I saw them somewhere. There we go. Jose and Jose is here. So have a chat to Jose. Um, They are amazing counselors and they are good listeners. So feel free to have a chat to them or phone the office and we can arrange that for you. And then um, our corporate prayer. Every Sunday, at 8.30, I just want to say, Paolo, thank you this morning. I walked in, man, it's is awesome. To see how many of you are coming for prayer. So on a Sunday at 8.30, we come, we gather, we pray. You can even just sit here and just ask the Lord to come and meet with you. That's okay. We, we have prayer for the church, but we have prayer for the nation. We pray for the nations. We pray for what's happening in Israel, in Palestine right now, what's happening in Ukraine, Russia. 8.30, and we try to aim to finish our prayer around about 10.00 so that we can still greet each other. So I know it's a little awkward, eh? When you walk in and everybody's somehow praying and others are saying, hi. And so 10.00, we try to land the prayer at 10:10, 10, 10 10.00, fellow, thank you. Okay, And then we can still greet each other and then we start the service at 9.00. So um, please come. It's good for us. It's good for you as a church. Amen. I've got a privilege this morning of introducing not just my mentor. You're officially my mentor now. <laughs> I must pray for the for, for the tithes and offerings. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get a note from the office. <laughs> come, come, come. Before I introduce Quentin, do you must I pray? Holy praise. Father, we thank you for you are our source. Thank you, Jesus. You are faithful. Lord, I know the testimonies in this house of your faithfulness that I've heard. And in my own life, Lord, I thank you. I pray that you bless this offering to you, to this house, Lord, that you give this leadership wisdom, continuous wisdom, to administrate and steward this well. Lord, I pray that every home will be blessed no matter how much they give or what they can't give. Father, I pray that you may bless them in their income. And for those that are seeking work, Father, we just pray that you open doors in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Raphael. Um, so my mentor and my friend and uh, he was also my dean, professor. I actually got you on my phone as Professor Quentin, by the way. Um, so you guys know that I studied two years with um, what we call SALT, which is School of uh, Leadership and Theology. And um, I graduated a couple of months ago. We had Andrew Christie, and it was great, and we really appreciated having Andrew. But today we've got, <laughs> we've got the goon. You know? <laughs> we've got the guy himself. He flew all the way from Durban <laughs> to come be with us, um, but I wanted to. This is these are brochures. I don't know. Um, do we have the brochures at the with the hospitality? Do you guys have? If you if you want some of these brochures, maybe it's a good time just to hand it out, um, Rafa Bertram. But uh, this is a lot more information about the school, and um, I can tell you from my personal experience, and I think a lot of you that have journeyed with Shavaya and I since. Um, COVID 2020 has probably seen how much this has impacted even my preaching. Amen. I've heard some of you come and say, where did you get all that? This is where I got it. Okay. Um, and so this morning, before I call up Quentin, I just want to encourage you. You know, it's good to study the word. It's good to learn. Why? Because you learn about Jesus. And this this church is all about following Jesus. Unless you know who Jesus is, how would you know how to live in this life? How would you know what to do in this life? And so, you know, we we don't promote um, degrees. You'll hear that from from Quentin a lot. We don't promote diplomas, although you get that. We promote knowing Jesus. Hey, Fred and Margaret. (laughs) Get to know Jesus. So if you want some information, maybe quickly can put your hands up, we're going to give you, there are two, one is for the first um, year, one year uh, program, and then the other one is for a two year program, and um, you, we have a couple, not a lot, so if you quickly want some, just put, there we go, just, just throw it out, hand it out quickly, but um, I've, I've got to know Quentin quite a, a little bit, but quite a bit this weekend, and I know, you know, he's a very wise man, asked lots of questions, um, and I'm really, really, um, Quentin, honestly, we, we are so happy to, to have you here. I'm really glad that you are here. And so, Father says, can we honor him as he comes up and he's sharing the word with us this morning?
0: <laughs> you want to That's okay. That's okay. All right. Guy, you guys worship the Lord. Beautifully, it's so vibrant, and um, I think the angels come here to learn to worship. <laughs> hey? I'm I'm impressed. I, I really am impressed. I actually thought I was sounding quite good today myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> I won't demonstrate though. I want to first share a message with you before you all run out. Uh, Hopefully you'll stay for the whole thing. So, title of this message today is, You are the beautiful sons and daughters of God. You are the beautiful sons and daughters of God. It's one thing to hear that it's a whole different ball game to accept and live it. So let me digress a little bit before we get to the actual crux of the matter. Many of you um, have heard a lot about the kingdom of God uh, of late in your church over the last few years. Um, Because the School of Leadership and Theology is all about telling you the kingdom of God. And Tim has been doing this. And I'm very glad to hear that it's generating sermons and teachings left, right and center. But if we were to say, uh, what is the good news? A lot of people actually don't understand what that is. And so... The best place to go for that is to Jesus. You know, Jesus talks about, if you use the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible, he mentions this kingdom of God 45 times in the Gospels. That's a lot. It must mean this thing is important. On top of that, he just kicks off his ministry. All right. So this is, this is a very important point. God comes to earth in human being form. And the first thing that he comes along and says as Jesus steps into his ministry is, Hey, everybody, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has arrived. Repent and believe the good news. So what's the good news? The kingdom of God has arrived. It's th- saying things like the sinner's prayer is, is, an, is a symptom of the coming of the kingdom of God. Giving your life to Jesus is possible because of the coming of the kingdom of God. So that's, that's the essence of what we need to get in our lives. When it says the time is fulfilled, that word time is kairos. It means it is the perfect time set aside by God for him to initiate a plan that originally failed in the Garden of Eden. It's time. In all of the millions or billions of years that the earth has existed and the universe has existed, depending on whether you, uh, your belief, this is the time, he says. This is the key time to continue with the restoration and fulfillment of my plan. So I'm trying to get across to you, it's important. This kingdom thing is important. It's why you're sitting here, whether you know it or not. So, what I'm wanting to do is just help you to understand a little bit about this message that he said, repent. Repent. So if you've been a Christian for while, you might understand this. Repent means turn around. Turn around. Turn around from what? And turn to what? Let's get practical here. In life, you are journeying in a certain direction. And there are characteristics of going in that direction. It's unavoidable for us to be affected by the world around us, the system that we are part of. So, and I think that the, 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 a system is becoming more and more focused around what you get through the internet. Your, what I talk about when I'm saying you're on a journey, I'm talking about the the values that you buy into in life. The priorities that come from those values in your life. And then the things that you do in life. I will focus on one particular one shortly. But so when Jesus says, repent, he's offering you a new set of values, priorities, and practices in life. Now, many people who come to faith miss that. For them, repent means say the sinner's prayer, ask for forgiveness, and commit your life to the Lord. And then, hey, been there, got the t-shirt, see you in heaven. Paid up my fire insurance. I'm heading in the right direction. They don't realize that there's a whole road between now and our deaths where Jesus has made a whole lot of beautiful promises for us. We, we, most of us don't get that in, in the evangelical church today. The message is only a fraction of the beautiful thing that Jesus came to do. So let's focus in on that main thing that I said to you in the beginning to give you an example of what I'm talking about. The most difficult value change you're going to experience in your life as a Jesus follower is moving from the way the world says you're valued the way God determines your value. Let me give you, uh, I love my board, Um, and so I'll try my best, I'll describe as we're doing the stuff here, we should have a reverse, you know, TV's a concave, we should have a a convex job that we can uh, demonstrate. So, By the way, I don't know if any of you know a great theologian by the name of Henry Nowen. He was, he passed away a number of years ago. He was a Catholic priest, a deeply spiritual man. And so some of what I'm sharing with you comes from him. I don't want to take the credit here. All right. But it had such an impact on my life, I have to share it with you all. So let's imagine this now. We've got a starting point, we've got an ending point, and this line represents your life. So I was born in 1970. At the end, by the way, I'm a November child, the 30th, so I'll send you my address for any presents. And let's hope that I can get to, say, 2050, 80 years. I'm trying my best. I'm doing my intermittent fasting, eat lots of nuts, avos, all that stuff, you know. So let's hope I can get there. And let's say you were born in 2000 and maybe you hoping for 2070. The point is this is a very short space of time in the bigger scheme of things. Tiny. Hey, you see on a, on a tombstone 1970 little hyphen oops, 2050. Tiny period of time. And on this journey over here one of the main things that you're going to wrestle with in your life Is the question, who am I? You might not ask yourself that, but you are living each day to try and answer that question. Now, the world in which we live, I don't care where you live in the world. We're all sitting, we're all humans, we all sit with the same problem. It just reveals itself in slightly different ways. So the first thing that goes down, and this incidentally, is the precise set of temptations Jesus faced when he was confronted by the devil. It's that important. So first thing first thing that comes along is the world will tell you that you are valuable because of what you do. I was using the illustration the other day. I, when I was younger and in fine format, could run the 100 meters in 11 seconds. Okay, that is impressive, eh? You're starting to set your socks on fire at that point. But nobody knows me for my running career. But if you can run 1.4 seconds faster than that, you're Usain Bolt. And I bet you all of you know who that is. So he's a hero. He's famous. He's wealthy because he can run 1.4 seconds faster than me for 100 meters. That's a bit of a problem if you're looking at the way the world operates. eh? If he comes to this airport, you'll all be lining the walls. When I came, I thought I was being welcomed spectacularly, but it turned out it was the spring box behind me. <laughs> I genuinely thought, Tim's got something going here. And uh, then I heard they were arriving at 9 o'clock. So, that's the first one. I am what I do. Think about your life and how you derive value. The second one is, I am what other people say about me. So let's use this as an example here. I don't know how many people here. Hey Tim, what, 200? 200? So, 199 of you can come and tell me that this was just mind-blowing and it changed your life. But one of you can come along and say, that was a lot of rubbish. Guess who I'm going to remember next week? Hmm? What you say about others is extremely powerful. Because... You, the receiver, are, I am what others say about me. Just think about your life. How much of your life is driven by what others say about you? The best examples of this are what you call a teenager. I've got two daughters. And I mean, I've got to turn down the radio about two kilometers before we get to school. In case they are spoken about as having a weird dad. Teenagers are strange things. They know everything. They know everything. So when you get to like 13, uh, you just need to sit back because they're going to run the show. So in any case... I am what others say about me. The last problem area, I am what I have. I am what I have. I have a nice car. I don't really, but I have a nice car. That's what some people think. I have a fantastic watch or I have a good education I have a doctorate and suddenly I can push my chest out and feel good about myself just because I did a bit of studying so think about think about what's what's your ownership value determiner at the moment And we're constantly trying for more and more and more to prop up this area of our lives. To determine our value, our significance in life. Now, let me show you something that happens when you live your life according to those three I Ams. So... Go along here, and maybe at the age of three, you start to realize the IMs. And so your life starts to do this. Up and down life. Hey. Because here, I was doing well. Or someone was saying something good about me. Or I was able to buy that new iPhone. iPhone. Next minute, somebody has come across and said something nasty to me or disrespected me. So this is what goes on. Tossed to and fro, you see. Now imagine if Jesus had lived a life of those I am's. I don't know if any of you have read the Gospels, but... There was nothing placid about him. He wreaked havoc amongst the establishment and was ultimately crucified for being such a firebrand. There was no uh, concept of gentle in Jesus when it came to the religious establishment, when it came to the leaders, the lawyers, the rulers. If you're worried about what other people think, you've got a problem in following Jesus. Because it's going to reduce your impact in the world. So let me show you here. Um, it's, let's read through this, these temptations. So let's pick Matthew chapter 4. I should have brought my glasses. It's amazing how your arms need to grow as you get older. (laughs) (laughs) So then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came, Our oh, hallelujah, the light arrived. Uh, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. I am what I can do. Prove it. If you are the son of God, prove it. Prove it by what you do. Because that's going to be impressive. It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. So there was a tradition in those days where the Messiah might come and rise to the temple uh, roof and gently come down. And then everyone would know this is the great Messiah. So now, everyone would know, I am what others say about me. Come on, prove yourself. Go there, show them. Get the praise, get the honor. Then the last one, again the devil took him to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you bow down and worship me, I am what I have. So he's hitting the nail on the head. Jesus' identity. Jesus, I am. Who am I? Who am I? Now, just before these temptations, Jesus has undergone a baptism. Now, I don't know if you remember the scene and what actually happens at that baptism. But as he comes out of the water, there is this spirit of God that comes down upon him in the form of a dove. And there's this voice from heaven. God saying, this is my beloved whom I am proud of. So he's just been confirmed as God's precious beloved in whom he is proud. And now the devil comes with the world system, which incidentally is driven by the devil. Just put your radio or TV on and you'll see the world system. We shouldn't be surprised, folks. We shouldn't be surprised. The devil is here to kill and destroy. So, if you jump back to the Garden of Eden, when God creates Adam and Eve, He creates them in His image and likeness. That is an unbelievable statement to make of determining your value. So it's very interesting here. It's exactly the opposite to what the world system says about your value. The world system is coming along and determining your value by a whole lot of things to do with what you have, what you can do, and what other human beings have to say about you. But God comes along and determines your value by what he does. It's what he's done. It's actually got nothing to do with you. You are what you are. You can be a bad person, but you're still a person. You're not a frog. You are God's creation given a particular task. So this is is something that needs to take place on this journey that we are undertaking. This is one of the promises, the truths that Jesus has given us. So if you are following that, Jesus' life would look something like this. and it would be like this. It doesn't mean he didn't have great joy and everything like that. It, It means that he was stable. He was stable. He was secure in what was most important in life in order to negotiate life far more effectively. When people came to him and teased him, and mocked him, and spat on him, and whipped him. He was hanging on to, I'm the beloved of God. He'd claimed that as the truth in his life. When temptation came to get the latest fad, Or mix with the wrong people. Don't do it. He claimed the fact that his value was not determined by that. He held on to the truth. So now, there's something interesting to share on all of this. And maybe, I know I showed uh, Chauvet. Do you want to pull that one slide up? at the back there so there there's a journey that we need to undertake in life i said to you this identity thing and and believing that you are the beloved sons and daughters is the most difficult thing to get right in life there's some there's something you need to understand in romans chapter 12 there's this famous statement that it says do not conform to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hmm, you're quick. That word conform is your job. That, world, that word transform, that's God's job. You can't transform yourself. but God can. And there's a process that we need to implement in this journey of life where we're doing certain things and God is doing certain things. So let me explain to you how it works. The first thing is understanding the kingdom values, priorities and practices. If if you take your map book for this town and take it to Johannesburg and try and use it in Johannesburg, what's going to happen? You're going nowhere. How on earth do you think we can turn and follow Jesus if we don't have the right map book? And I'll tell you something. You look at a YouTube clip of long ago, Compared to today, everyone had their Bibles. When the guy was standing up front preaching and teaching, they were underlining and they were making notes and everything. Like now they've all got their cell phones and they bluff, they're looking at the Bible, but it's actually Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> eh? I've seen it. I've seen it. There's a shift that's changed. The priority of reading the Word of God, <clears throat> how can you follow Jesus? So, the first one there is to learn Jesus' way. That's a conforming process. Learn Jesus' way. God loves you. That's a truth. Many in the church kind of in the back of their minds have God is the angry judge in the sky. I have to be good today, otherwise things aren't going to work out for me. That's a lie. So we need to unlearn the junk and put on the truth in our hearts. That's something we can do. Then we've got to trust God to start infiltrating the very core of our being with that reality in life. The second thing, on the uh, right-hand side there, planned disciplines to put on a new heart. So I was using the illustration of the Comrades Marathon. You don't learn, you don't train to run the Comrades Marathon by running the Comrades Marathon. Hmm? That would be a big problem for most of us. And I wouldn't make it past the first corner. In fact, the amount of people that run the Comrades Marathon, I probably wouldn't make it past the start line. (laughs) In other words, you don't try to run the Comrades Marathon by running the Comrades Marathon. You do short races. You eat the right food. You do gym. You do stretching. And then hopefully, if you've done it well, you can run the, the, the marathon. Why you'd want to, I don't know. But for sake of illustration, we, we're going along with that. The same works out with your conforming and the transforming bot. You can't transform. You train In things that are indirectly related to the area you want direct change in. Now Jesus spoke all the time about the heart. God changes the heart. We do stuff. God changes the heart. So what we're talking about when we're talking about disciplines of practice there. Let's use life, daily life as an example probably your most valuable thing in your life is the time that you have in the 24 hours. And you're trying to survive. And you're skimping along the surface like one of those flat stones, if you throw it on the water. You just touch base every so often. There's no depth to your life. And when you... So, a spiritual discipline is a way of training to change that in your life. So a spiritual discipline would be spending 30 minutes by yourself quietly doing nothing on a daily basis. It sounds like a strange thing to do, but it starts to bring depth into your life. It starts to help you to think more clearly About what's really important in life. But it's difficult, especially for someone like me who's rather hyperactive. I always remember that great preacher, John Wesley, from which the Methodist Church arose. And he had this weird way of life. He said, The busier my day, the more I need to pray. So he would usually start his day with two hours of prayer. That's pretty blooming impressive. (laughs) I'm far from that. But in his journals, when the day was extra busy, he'd pray four hours. And the logic behind it was that God was the, the energy, the intelligence, the creativity, the everything that He was going to need for the day. God, is, it's the Spirit of God, is the fuel for the day. So He thought, geez, my day is unbelievable. I better pray more. We're the opposite. I am. I mustn't assume you. I am the opposite. A busy day. I roll out of bed. I have like a like a half a Lord's Prayer, and then I'm into it. And I'm trying to change. But you see, that's a kingdom thing. That's a kingdom value. It's God that's getting me through this day, not my own abilities. Not what I have and not what others say about me. It's God who gives me the juice for the day. Not the coffee. (laughs) It's God. So you see, it's paradoxical. Paradoxical. The other, the final thing on this side here is when you, and I'm preaching to the converted here because you're all here, although we wonder whether it's a regular thing. Hey. So here's the deal. You're walking along this way and you say, uh, I'm going to repent. I'm buying into Jesus. I'm nailing my colors to the mast. And I turn around this way and now I'm starting to head in the other direction with this weird new way of life. On offer to me. Don't think you can do that by yourself with the Holy Spirit's help. He never intended it to be that way. There's so many Christians in my I was just mentioning to Tim today in my family that think that this thing is a very private personal story. Forget it. Read the manual. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is like a rough diamond. Some are a bit rougher than others. It's a high-maintenance human. (laughs) I'll keep the word about the leaders (laughs) separate. Um, But there's a logic behind this. Working together as a team makes this thing possible. You are actually a new family, according to the scriptures. You are the family of God. And so families hang out together. And so all these announcements that you saw up here are a beautiful opportunity to be family. Don't think that you can get this right with a Sunday morning service. It's just like your your weekly dose, your top-up that part of your cake, you know, there's my church piece over there, that I'll give that bit to Jesus. No, your life is, Jesus is the whole cake. Yes, and the icing and everything. Well, I include the icing in the cake usually. (laughs) And the cherries. Yes. So this church thing, you know, it's called, when you study the doctrines of the church, it's called ecclesiology. And it comes from this word ecclesia, which means the called out ones. Called out from what? Called out from the world system. It sounds freaky. I hope I'm not saying this sounds new age or something. You're called out of the westernized or the eastern system driven by the devil to a different way of life. Ecclesia. You're supposed to get together. It's much easier when my students study together than when they're all isolated by themselves, because they can share. They can say, "Yes, you know, I'm not getting it right here and this." So the ecclesia is the place where you should be saying, "Let's get real here." Gee, Jim, ah, I'm struggling with pornography. My husband's abusing me. I lost my job. Come alongside each other. Help one another. Pray for one another. Get as practical as you can be. Because, hey, we're not what other people say about us. We're not what people, what we can do, and we don't what we have. So, we are now in a place where we know that we are God's beloved and we can share our problems. Wisely, wisely. Because bringing it into the light is the worst thing for the devil. Hmm. So I'm just giving you some pictures here. What you can see here, you could call it a curriculum for likeness. It's a model on how to get this right. And it's all blessed and Encircled and filled with the Spirit of God. It's not a positive uh, program uh, run by a company. You understand. So think about it. It's it's a pain in my heart to see so many of us. Missing out on this beautiful blessing of a journey here. Come to me, all of you are weary and heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. We all want rest. And Jesus made us. Surely the maker knows how his His toys work. Well, it's not his toys, his precious human beings work. So, Tim, maybe we can just... I think something the Lord wants to do is to help you to, or to bless you in the area of realizing your identity. There's such a problem with identity in the world now. There are kids that think they are cats. And there are places in the U.S. where they put cat litter boxes in the class. So maybe we can just all stand. I know it's, it's very full and I think that is just wonderful. And um, maybe, now this is tricky now everybody. This is your first test. I am what others say about me. So we want people to pray for each other. People who are struggling. People who have been broken in their identities. So let's have a chance to pray. And to heck with what others say about you. You are already priceless in God's eyes. So who would like prayer in this area? Technically, everyone should be putting their hands up. But who's the first? There we go. Paolo, both hands. He's very keen. Come on. Who is struggling in their lives? Who's been broken down in their lives? Who, who's struggling with, I am what I have, I am what I do, and I am what others say about me? This is a very impressive church. I'll put both hands up. Alright, people, yeah, if, if, if you're still struggling with I am what others say about me, nudge the person next to you and ask them to pray for you. Let's be real, we are the family of God. So I'll pray something over all of us, but please, let's be real, let's be family, let's, let's be vulnerable to one another those that put their hands up just raise your hands again okay pray please come alongside them and ask the spirit to to touch them we're just going to be patient and we're just asking you to come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit may your truths Lord About who we are, filter into our hearts. We bring, we conform. We bring ourselves to you. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to find ways and means of bringing ourselves to you regularly. Spending time alone in your presence. Bumping shoulders with each other at church and in weekly events that you may transform us, Lord. I know that this is your will, Jesus. This is your will. And we pray, come Holy Spirit. Touch the brokenhearted yeah, Lord. There is so much. Come, Holy Spirit. Break through the the barriers, mm. the liars. So one can often see the Spirit of God on people. There's a peace, or there's a pain. Don't be shy to go and pray for them. How else will you know if God's using you? Come Holy Spirit.
1: So it's just something that um, Quentin and I were talking about this morning, and I, I feel it's it's for now. If there's anybody here that hasn't made a decision to follow Jesus yet, and maybe maybe it's you know it's something that you've heard and something that you might have even considered some time ago, but I just want to ask everybody, you know, as you bring as you prayed for or praying for someone. Um, just close your eyes because I just want to make this moment easier if that's you this morning you can just say me that's me, put your hand up Say, I want to give my heart to Jesus I want to get to know this Jesus that I've heard about this morning I want to, I want to know that I am a beloved of, of the Father of Jesus and God the Father if that's you this morning we'd love to pray for you you can just put your hand up quickly I'm just going to give you a moment. I see a hand there. I'm going to come over to you. Okay. I see a hand there as well. Anyone who wants to join this prayer to give their hearts to Jesus this morning?
0: worry everyone that's just the Lord touching someone you know I often I'm not a very emotional guy Sometimes I feel out of touch with my feelings and emotions. And that's fine. But ask, if you're one of those kind of people, or you feel... Yeah, if you're one of those kind of people, it still doesn't stop you from just standing there and asking God to help you with your, your identity. And to help you to understand that you are His precious daughter or son and just believe that's his will it's not like you're not sure whether he wants to help you out
1: So Father we thank you Lord we thank you for your presence We thank you Lord that you are with us Each and every day I pray Lord that even as we leave this place That we may walk with you Father In Jesus name So we pray you have an awesome Awesome Sunday Awesome week Don't forget about Connect Nights on Wednesday We're here at 7 o'clock Um, If you still want someone just to pray for you or you want to talk to someone, please just uh, stay behind. We've got leaders that will gladly,
0: gladly speak to you. Okay, Have an awesome, awesome week. See you next week.